The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, indeed, that's what we want to do. We want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind gathered here now. And Lord, in the midst of a battle, we know there's power. We know there's peace in your name. Father, uh, we know uh, we ask that that power be on full display here as we look to your word and continue to trust in your spirit to use this time in our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated. If you were, hey, here's last week's sermon. We need to clean that up there a little bit. Uh, if you were uh, wondering who was this new lady over here singing, wondering, uh, either, uh, she's actually been here for, what, seven years? So she has either been hiding her talent and refusing to use it for Jesus, or she's been having babies all the time, one of the two. Uh, but for some reason, she hasn't been up here before today, but uh, I'm so thankful uh, that we can worship the Lord together in that way. Our text is from 1 Peter, so we're going back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 22. Now, I'm going to start by reading a part of that uh, text for you. I'm not going to read the whole thing at the beginning, but I have to give you a little bit of a heads up because you're going to, especially if you're a guest, you're going to think, what is, is this guy making fun of Scripture because of the way that I'm going to read it? You see, I got up on Monday morning, and of course, that is the day after Easter for those of you keeping score at home, and I don't know if you guys realized last week, but we had like uh, 4,000 people here last week. That's a slight evangelistic speaking, but we, we had, you know, more than usual. We had a uh, big day, and, then, and I thought, okay, man, all right, Monday morning, let's go. We got to get back into First Peter. This is going to be exciting. Here's what I read, okay? So open my Bible, and uh, here's, here's, here's what I, I jumped into. I'm going to actually pick it up in verse number 18 here. We're going to come back and look at all of this, but uh, okay, for Christ also suffered once for the sins for sins, I'm sorry, the righteous for the unrighteous. Man, that's perfect. That's the gospel, right? Christ suffered once, did it all, paid the price. Price is paid. The righteous, Jesus Christ, suffered for the unrighteous. That was a beautiful thing. I love that verse. That he might bring us to God. Again, what the gospel is all about. That's why God sent his son that we could be made right with him. Being put to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit. Again, this is a beautiful thing. Now stay with me. Then I got the verse number 19. In which he went... And proclaimed to the spirits in prison, huh? because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Huh? Baptism was not uh, as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for the good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, I forgot the saved in there too. Oh, which are brought safely through the water. Baptism now, now saves us is in there too. And I, I honestly, again, uh, stay with me, okay? But I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
I uh, got up in the morning, I thought, where are we going with that? Uh, and, uh, and I looked throughout, you know, I got all my different translations, or I went to my Bible hub, and I looked at all the different translations, and I thought, I still don't know what that means. Uh, and Frances and I had an appointment on Monday morning, so I'd spent a couple hours looking at it, and she said, how's the sermons coming? And I said, don't ask. Uh, we might be taking off this week and letting somebody else preach. And uh, I spent the rest of the day digging into that and trying to, trying to you know, uncover, you know, what, what was in those verses and where there might be a sermon. And honestly, I got to the end of Monday, I had nothing. So I got up Tuesday morning, I read it again, and I thought, I wonder if anybody would notice. I don't think they would, that I skipped over a few verses. I could, I could jump and do that, and I won't do that. But here's, uh, here's why I wanted to tell you that little story for a second. I like to think of the Bible as in layers, okay? Now, you may be well aware, anytime you see this guy, does it give you anybody else a desire for waffles? It does me. In the morning, we're having waffles. But uh, anyway, you probably know that parfaits have layers and onions have layers and people have layers, right? But donkeys, they're just out there. They don't, they don't have layers. But I, I think in many ways the Bible has layers. And what I mean by that is, okay, you might remember when I started the book of 1 Peter, I said, we'll finish that up before Palm Sunday. Well, here we are. We only got halfway through because I just kept reading it and thinking, that's so good. I can't skip that. That's awesome. Uh, we've got to really hit that. We've got to really dig into that. There's so many different truths that I wasn't expecting in finding the layers. But there's another way that I, I wanted to talk about the Bible as far as having somewhat layers, and that is sometimes you will read a passage of Scripture and you will think, crystal clear, that made good sense. Last Sunday for Easter, Josh got up here and read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Man, it was good enough, just the reading. You remember that? And people were amening while he's just reading it, it was a sermon, and, you know, when it's over, it's like, yes, that was good enough of sermon. Let's go home, Dan. Stay over there. Uh, you know, that was just good, but you just read it crystal clear. Basically, it says, hey, if there is no resurrection from the dead, our life is in vanity. We're wasting our time, but now is Christ risen. What else do you need to say? There it is. It's all over the place. So you read that, and you think crystal clear, but then sometimes, and the reason why I wanted to say that is I have been burdened, I guess, say, especially this year, that uh, I am encouraging you all to get into the Bible. Some of you remember, I brought up my library here. Some of you remember at the beginning of the year, we had uh, these little devotional books that are kind of like a daily bread type thing. There's a stack of them out there. If you want to pick one up, it just gives you a little Bible reading every, every day. We had the one-year Bible reading plan. We passed out a case of these, too. It's the only one I have left, but you can have it, and we can get some more. Uh, then we went through this. Uh, we also made available this Jesus Day by Day, which I've been using. Pretty excited about it. We are actually out of these, but I will have some more next week if some of you want to pick this up because I, I have been impressed just so much. Oh, by the way, one other thing I wanted to mention. I found these this week. These are not, we usually use ESV in here. This is New King James, but I found a bunch of these. So there's some of them out there. So if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take one, okay? If you find another book out there you want to take, just take it. If somebody leaves their Bible laying around and isn't paying attention, take that, uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, I have been burdened so much that I want to get you all into the Word of God. You see, this whole job description thing for me, as far as I understand from the Bible, the word pastor is to be a shepherd. Okay, that's a synonym for that. And one of the main things a shepherd has to do is make sure that there's food and make sure that you're eating and make sure you're getting that. And I am so burdened about that. That has been a passion of mine. However, I wanted to just put this in there a little bit. As you jump in and as you dig into the Word of God, there's some places that you'll read and you'll say, I get it. 
That's perfect. And by the way, one of the great places to start is the book of John, if you're just uh, new to the Bible. But there are some places, I want to warn you a little bit, that you're going to look at it and you're going to say, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm not sure I completely got what that is saying there. There are some different layers that you dig into, and we're definitely going to get into that in the second half today. But the first half of our text, not so tough. Uh, I think this one reads pretty clearly. First uh, Peter chapter three, verses fifth, uh, beginning in verse number thirteen. Now, uh, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? If you're not following English there, a little rhetorical question there. Who's going to do bad to you if you do what is good? Uh, that just makes sense. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fears of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Now, I think most of you, you read through that, say, hey, I, I, I get that. I, I understand what he's saying. But let's, let's draw a few conclusions from this before we go on. We'll call this section of the sermon, Now You See It. You want to guess what the second section is called? Oh, you guys are all over. There's like four or five people paying attention. I love it. Uh, best week ever. Uh, okay, here we go. The first thing that this first verse says is normally right gets rewarded. Does that make sense? Normally you behave well towards others. Somewhere I heard it said something like do unto others as you've done good, as you would have done unto you. Uh, I didn't make that up. Uh, but, you know, and normally when you treat other people well, they treat you well. Normally, you greet somebody with a smile and a kind word, they have a smile and a kind word for you, or at least a kind word, or at least they're not grumbling. Now, not always. I said normally. I was on my way into a store, I think it was Thursday, you know, and I, I was coming up kind of, it was Menards, I was coming up to the side, and there was an older gentleman walking in. He looked like such a friendly man. He looked like the guy from Up, that little guy. And I thought, this is going to be a nice guy. Uh, but he was coming in, and he was going straight for the door, and I was coming to the side, and I kind of started to cut him off, and I thought, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And uh, he went on in, and as he did, he, he said, make up your blankety-blank mind. Uh, and he just stormed in. And I thought, have a good day to you, too. Uh, I, thought, I thought I was being nice to him. Apparently, he didn't appreciate it. But normally, when we're kind to others, they're kind to us. Agree? Okay, normally, right get, uh, gets rewarded. Normally, and in fact, even just in general, uh, normally speaking, you like the idea of having Christians around your workplace or your country or your neighborhood because normally speaking, that's going to be good. I, I know a lot of employers are like, hey, you got any more like him, send them over. You know, you got any more of these folks who are following the Lord, that's, well, they don't use that terminology, but that's what they mean. You got any more of them, I'll take them. Okay, they're a good influence. And normally, Christians as a whole have a positive influence on culture. Now, Christians are not necessarily better people. We're better off people, but we're not always better people. So that doesn't always work. But the first thing he says is, hey, basically, basically, who's going to do bad to you if you do good? Normally, that's how it goes. But then he goes on, and he says, and yet, eventually, there will be persecution. Okay? The Bible makes that incredibly clear that though normally people are going to treat you good, uh, here's the idea. We are called to something that is called the Great Commission. And uh, as being called to, uh, to the Great Commission, we can also expect great persecution. You see, men 
love darkness, the scripture says, in their hearts. So when light is shined in there, not a pleasant thing. Okay, when uh, somebody, when you're peaceful and you're in the darkness and all of a sudden this bright light comes in, I'm not too crazy about that. I'm not crazy about you shining that light in my eyes. I don't really like that. And there will be times where simply because of the name of Christ, we will face opposition and or persecution. It'll come. The scripture makes that very, very plain uh, that we can expect that. Now, I think that's a little bit hard for some of us to connect to. I don't know that very many of us have experienced a great deal of what you'd call persecution. Some have. Uh, I believe my dad lost a job once because of, uh, because of being a Christian. Uh, I have never lost a job because of being a Christian. Actually, I think that helps me in my job standing. Uh, I think that that's a good thing. But some of you may have faced something like that. You've faced some persecution. You've faced some opposition. I don't know of too many people in this country that have faced physical persecution because of that, that that's not very common now in other parts of the world and at other times that's definitely true but i i think largely what we face is some something is are my ears ringing just so I, <laughs> please don't be embarrassed i'll refer to all that later uh but um the um, now i lost my place let's start over okay no what was it per- Persecution, right. I, I've never been beaten. Uh, but uh, I think the persecution that we face a lot of times is, you know, something like this. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. I uh, like that. I, I need to get a T-shirt that just says, yes, I absolutely am one of them. Uh, you know, a fo- follower of Christ. Because, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're going to face a lot of times. Now, do I think it'll get worse? Yes. Do I know when? No. I think Scripture tells us that eventually it's going to get worse. Do I know exactly when that's going to happen, my lifetime, your lifetime? Uh, I don't know. But I do think that we can expect persecution. Okay, so we got, yeah, normally right is rewarded, but sometimes there will be persecution. And because there's persecution, 15, verse number 15 tells us that because of that, we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. It says in there that we ought to be ready to give an answer. The word apologia in there is that it's a courtroom term. It's the idea that I ought to be able to defend my faith. Now, I want to mention this. Uh, We are going to do something uh, this summer. We're going to take, uh, we've got six summer Sunday nights set aside that we're going to talk about the foundations of our faith. And we're going to meet in the evenings. I'm going to teach uh, one of them, and the other elders are going to teach one. And we're going to talk about just the basics of what we believe, what we believe about the Word of God what we believe about the Son of God, what we believe about God the Father, what we believe about the Holy Spirit, uh, what the Scripture teaches about creation, what the Scripture teaches about the end times. Dennis is boldly going to jump into that one. Uh, But we're going to talk about some of those things because it is crucial that we know what we believe and we know why we believe it. We we know what is is true. Not so that we can can win arguments. And I want to stress that. This is not, have you ever seen a debate where the one guy you know, at the end of it says, oh, you won, I'm on your side now. <laughs> it doesn't happen. We're not uh, being ready to give an answer so that we can win the arguments, but we do want to be able to defend our faith. It is very much a defense word. It's that courtroom word where I'm going to provide a defense. I'm not attacking. Uh, this is not, you know, because sometimes we get this idea, you know, you get an idea or you read a book or you hear an incredible sermon at church. Yeah. Okay, that would, have, that would have been a time to have some response, but forget it. Uh, yes, every week. Uh, but uh, but you, get, you get an idea and you think, hey, i got to share that with you. You need to hear this. You know, here, here's a, here's a I'm, I'm handing him a cassette tape. How old am I? Here's a tape. Uh, go, li- go listen to that. Okay, we'll text him a link. 
I know what I'm doing. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, somewhere we think, i got to get this message. i got to hand this book to so-and-so. i got to persuade them. I'm going to win the argument. Okay, when we are told to be ready to give an answer to every man, we're, we, are want, we want to defend our faith. We want to know why we believe what we believe because we are going to face persecution. And at that time, our faith, our foundation of our faith is going to be tested. So it is very important that we know already what we believe, that we have somewhat of a firm foundation set with that. The Scripture tells us that we are to love God with all our hearts, with all our minds. And I think this is a great way that we can love Him with our minds, by using our minds to dig into the Word of God to get a good foundation. You say, well, Pastor, i got a long way to go on that. First of all, don't we all? But secondly, well, then let's get started. Okay, understanding why we believe what we believe. Jump into the Word of God. So we are to be ready to give an answer, but in the first part of that, verse number 15, it tells us that ultimately we are to be walking with God. Okay, it says that we are to, in our hearts, honor Christ. Another translation will say that we are to sanctify our hearts to God, set them apart. We want to be in the practice of kneeling privately so we can stand publicly. We want to be able to live a life of holiness uh, so that we can face hostility. Uh, We want to live a life with a clear conscience. Now, um, and this, this, I better say this ahead of time, this next statement would not be a time to amen, okay? You don't have the smartest pastor in the world. Thank you. Appreciate the silence there. Uh, you don't probably, I mean, I'm, I'm in the top certain percentage, but not the best looking uh, either like that. Here's what you got, and you got to take advantage of this. You have a pastor with silver hair. By the way, my bro- driver's license still says I have blonde hair, and I just went in, and they just did that, and they didn't change it, so it's not my fault I'm lying. But uh, you have a guy with silver hair, uh, which means you have a guy who's been around a while. Okay, so I want you, if you would, just to listen to uh, personal testimony on this for a minute. I know that there are times when there's such thing as righteous indignation or righteous anger, and I'm getting angry or I'm getting upset for a good cause. But, again, personal experience, most all the time when my life is off track, my thinking is off track, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I have no joy, I'm not doing very well in life, uh, I'm angry, I'm irritable. You know, when I got irritable with my kids or with my wife or something like that, I wouldn't even say most all the time. I'd say in my life, all the time, it's because I was not walking with God. I was not right with God. Okay? And again, I'm not trying to be over-spiritual. I just want to be super practical on that and realize that uh, if we are going to follow... Okay, remember when we started the series on First Peter, we said you know, he's talking about this new life that we have in him. Not a new religion, not a new leaf we turn over. I'm going to give you a whole new life, this spiritual life. You're to be born again. Now you have eternal life, and he, he's placed this in you. And as we've gone on through First Peter, he's basically talking, hey, here's what that looks like. Here's how you play it out. Well, that's what he's continuing to do. What does it look like? We're ready to give an answer. We're ready to defend our faith. But bottom line is you want to be anchored in a walk with God. Uh, Adam mentioned going to the concert last night, and uh, I, I was there uh, also. The first song that, uh, that he sang, there was a phrase in there that caught my attention. It said, um, when we're in a world that is running with the devil, I want to walk with you. And he repeated that several times. In a world that is running with the devil, I want to walk with you. I have found when 
my walk is, is away from the Lord, I'm, I'm kind of a dangerous person. Okay, now I'm not dangerous physically uh, um, for several obvious reasons. But I, uh, I am dan- this thing right here, this little tongue, it becomes dangerous. Okay, and I notice that all the time. So, again, I'm not trying to be ultra-spiritual on that, but I am saying personal experience, when I'm in the dumps as far as my, my spiritual thinking and everything like that, and, and I'm just, you know, I, I have no joy, I'm angry with people and everything like that, I can trace it back all the time to I am not walking with the Lord. I am not seeking to follow Him and walk in the Spirit and follow His Word. And, then, you know, and I find that that's showing up in every area of my life. Okay, we'll tie that back in in a little bit, but let's go ahead and move to the portion of our text, which is a little bit tougher uh, to dissect. The first verse isn't. First verse, you can just, if you came for nothing else, read the first verse with me, okay? For Christ also suffered once for sin. I'm sorry, there's parts of this I can't help but stop. He suffered once for sins. I love that, just that word once in there on time that Jesus finished it once. It's done, okay? Christ paid the price. I need to still suffer for my sins. No, he did it once. It's done. I trust in him. He's paid. I could get excited. We should have a sermon called once. Okay. Uh, all right. But anyway, he said the righteous God, the perfect son of God, the only one who could lay down his life has suffered for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. And that is the only way the Bible says to God. Jesus made it very plain. I am the way, the truth, the life. But being put to death in the flesh, he was made live in the spirit. Now, here we go into this little bit tougher part here, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey. That's crystal clear, isn't it? Jesus started a prison ministry. I don't think that's what that means. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism which corresponds to this, now saves you. I need to stop there for a second because this isn't in our points later, and I want to make sure that we mention this. Um, our, our church here does not believe in a doctrine. that Some of you may. You may hold to this, and I just want to make this clear, though. That is called baptismal regeneration. It is the idea that you are saved when you are baptized. Okay, in other words, you have to be baptized in order to be a Christian uh, is the idea with that. And if you look at that first, it says, wait a minute, the, the baptism now saves you. Now, as the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, if we go back, though, what he was using as an illustration of this is the flood. Okay, the water did not save anybody, but indeed it did reveal who was saved. Okay, and in, in that picture, as far as that goes, and we are going to, uh, Josh mentioned a few weeks from today, have a baptismal service. Okay, I want to encourage you. I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, jump up and down, whatever I can do, to, that if you have never followed the Lord in baptism, I want you in, to encourage you to do that. As a step of obedience to Christ, that's what they did in the early church, that's what that God calls us to do. As a step of proclaiming to other people that, yes, I have given my life to Jesus Christ, de- identifying with him because we are buried just like he was buried, raised to walk in new- newness of life. I wanna, we want to proclaim that, everybody else. So I don't want to in any way downplay baptism when I say this. I think it, it's super, and, and honestly, I mean, I think it could just be a, a great moment in your life because it's, it's making that public decor- declaration uh, in obedience to God, following him. So I want to encourage that in every way that I can. 
can. However, I do want to say that this is not telling us that if you are not baptized, you are not a new believer. Okay, if we go back again to what we looked at at the beginning of 1 Peter, Christ, when we place our faith in him through faith, we trust in him for forgiveness of our sins, he says, I give you new life. I give you eternal life. Okay, that's where you have. So hopefully, I just wanted to clear that up for a second. Who have gone into heaven is the right hand of God. Here's the last verse. Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, powers having been subjected to him. Okay, now I want to look at this. You guessed it. Now we don't. Uh, But these are just some things a little bit harder to see as we go through the scripture. But a few observations from this next thing. First of all, there is a coexisting spiritual realm. Okay, now, this might sound a little weird to some of you. Um, some, uh, most of you, probably, you've ever seen it or you're not going to, uh, so I won't be giving away the plot, but some of you saw the last Spider-Man movie where the three Spider-Mans came from different realms. It was pretty cool, and there was bad guys coming from different realms, too. Okay, I'm not really talking about that type of coexisting as far as the world goes, but what I am talking about is there is indeed a natural realm of things, things that are real. Okay, I saw an interview with the actor named Jim Carrey, and he said that none of us are real and none of these things are real. I was like, well, bang your head into the table and tell me that's not real. Uh, I mean, there is a physical world that is real, but there's also a spiritual world that exists. Okay, and we want to understand that. Um, The scripture talks 300 and less than 300, 268 times angels are mentioned. I didn't turn the page and look at my notes. 268 times uh, they're mentioned in 34 of the 66 books of the Bible. Angels are mentioned. The Bible says that there are thousands of thousands, in fact, ten thousands of ten thousands of angels. So there is such a thing as the spiritual realm. Now, I want to be quite honest with you. I don't completely understand everything about it. That's an understatement. I don't I definitely don't see it, but I do think that we need to be well aware that things are real. Uh, My grandmother lived with us for a while, and Grandma had gotten mixed up in some different cults and stuff, Uh, and uh, she used to always tell me she always saw, like, different people from different realms, and, uh, you know, she, I mean, like, I saw so-and-so the other day. I think she was watching her soap operas and got confused, but I'm not sure. Um, and, And then she'd also, she told me about she'd see different people surrounded by angels, she said, like, I saw your mom, and she had an angel with her. And I saw your dad, and he had an angel with, with her. And I, I said, have you ever seen one of me? She said, no. Uh, kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, at least she didn't say no, but I saw two devils with her. Uh, but she didn't say that. But she didn't, she'd never seen an angel with me. She saw, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. And I, I even wanted to, uh, you know, to mention this. You know, sometimes when things, <laughs> some of you remember, I was thinking about this today. Some of you were around. I used to have a fit with this thing. Are you proud of me? I haven't messed up once. Uh, but you remember how it'd be like every week we test it out, and then I'd come in here and I'd be, you know, moving this thing. And guys, help me out back there. I'd have a fit. There's a tendency sometimes for me to say, "Oh, the devil! The devil's in that." I was changing oil in my car yesterday, uh, and uh, the goofy YouTube video told me that it takes five quarts. It does not take five quarts. I filled it up with five quarts. It was way over the line, uh, so I had to drain some oil. So here I am under the car. If you've ever done this, you have to pull the little plug and try to hold it there so you don't lose too much. Sure enough, it slipped out of my hand, uh, fell into the thing. I'm trying to grab it, hold the other thing with my thumb. Oil is pouring all over me and the underneath of the car. And, I, you know, I got up and I was like, 
stinking devil. <laughs> I really don't think it was the devil. I think it was my pride and the fact that I would probably save money going and let somebody else change it, but I'm stubborn and I want to change my own oil. I have no idea why. I don't think the devil was really under there going, ah-ha, <laughs> uh, gotcha. Uh, now you got oil all over you. But I, so I'm not talking, you know, creepy, everything like that. All I'm saying is real. Angels are real, okay? Not only that, but a third of those angels have followed Satan in his rebellion and therefore, there is this thing called spiritual warfare that does exist. When we were studying through Daniel last year, we saw this very plainly. He was talking about different demons that were in charge of different areas. Again, I don't completely understand it all, but I know this warfare exists. There's a story from World War II about uh, General Patton and Erwin Rommel were on the battlefield against each other. Rommel was you know, considered one of the great strategists of all time. He had written a book on the strategies of war. And the story goes that at one point, Patton and Rommel spoke to each other, and Patton yelled out to him, and he says, hey, just so you know, I read your book. Okay, in other words, I know what, I know what you're up to. Well, I think sometimes Satan might say that exact same thing. I know what you're up to, God. Way back in Genesis 3.15, you told me you were going to send a Savior to the world. I know what's up to And all along, we looked at that last week at Easter time, all along Satan's been doing everything that he can to stop it, everything to thwart God's plans, everything to keep people away from God. That warfare goes on. Okay, And again, I'm not suggesting I completely understand it, but I am suggesting it's real. And I want us to be aware of that, and I think this passage brings that out. Now, in that part where it talked about the convicts in there, since there is a battle, there are also prisoners of this, and there are most definitely um, losers because there are some that the Bible says are in prison. Let me read a verse to you from uh, later on in Peter's writings in his second book. He wrote this, chapter 2, verse number 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Okay, let me say that again. God did not spare these angels when they sinned. He cast them into hell. I do believe in this text where it says that Jesus went and preached to the captives. First of all, that word preaching uh, is not evangelize. It, it's not the same word. It's not like he was taking the gospel to them. It was more of a proclamation, kind of like there you are, you're staying there. And it talked about those that at Noah's time, and here's where we get kind of heavy into the stuff and, and the stuff, but when at, during Noah's time, the Bible talks about the sons of God and the sons of man getting together. Some of you might remember this, but it's believed that angels very well might have taken the form of humans and come down and done this unspeakable wrong. And they had, if you will, a special place. Um, a couple years ago, we had gone out to get our Christmas trees, and uh, I borrowed my daughter's truck. We had the trees in the back. We were just about home, and I'm getting ready to turn in the driveway. And, and as, my, as I did, my, my daughter screamed because there was a car that was passing me on the right in our neighborhood going into our yard. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, she went flying around. I pulled in the driveway a little shaking, you know, like, whew, that was close. Uh, and this lady turned around and came back. And it was really an interesting conversation because she didn't tell me, she didn't give me directions like, you go to hell. She didn't say that. But she kept yelling, you're going to hell. 
I don't know why. I guess I was driving too slowly through the neighborhood. <laughs> There's a special place in hell for people who drive through so slowly through the neighborhood, I guess, uh, because she kept saying that. There's a special place in hell for people like you. And I was like, yeah, really? I really was a little confused. I was also a little afraid she had a boyfriend that was going to come back. Uh, but, uh, but she kept saying this over, over and over again. There's a special place in hell. Well, truth of the matter is, as I understand this place of Scripture, there is a special place in hell. Reserved for these angels, the abyss. Some of you remember the story of the maniac of Gadara where uh, Jesus came to him. He, Whatever you do, don't cast us into the abyss. Let's go into that swine over, over there. There seems to be that. So there are definitely in this war, in this spiritual war, which is real, there are definitely losers. But, but, of course, then there are also winners. Look at the last verse there. Look at verse number 23 where it says this. Jesus who has gone into heaven is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Two-thirds of the angels are still on the good side. And Jesus Christ is still on the good side. So, uh, so we want to walk in that, and we want to know what that victory is. And if I could encourage you this day, just as, you know, I talked to, at the beginning just about the Word of God and the importance of that in our lives. Uh, I talked about the idea that we're in this idea of spiritual warfare, whether we want to recognize it or not, that we do have an adversary who tries to defeat us, and we're we're fighting this battle. If I could encourage you with this, I sense in most Sundays, many of you have been, whether it's this church or another church, you've been to church a lot, and you have gone through some stages in your life where you made commitments. For example, maybe you said, I am going to read my Bible more. Okay, I'm going to plug into that. Or maybe you said, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to drink too much anymore. I'm, I'm not going to get drunk. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Or maybe you said, I'm going to give up pornography. Or maybe you said, I'm not going to gossip anymore. Or maybe you said, hey, I'm going to be more regular to church or, or whatever it is. Uh, we made many different commitments like that. Again, if I could talk to you as an old guy who's been down the path, I, I, I say that because I get you. I've been there. Been there, done that. Okay, I mean, I've, I've, Grab the, uh, read through the Bible in a year, and I say, hey, uh, I'm down with that. I remember one time specifically, I didn't make it through January, okay? And you know what happens is you, you miss a day or two, and you think, hey, uh, I failed again. And it's the same thing with the other sins sometimes. You know, I'll go back, and I'll do the same thing again, and I think, oh, here I am again. God's tired of hearing my promises. Can I encourage you again as an old guy? Let's do it again. Honestly. Stay with it, okay? I have been there, been there, been there, and I watch God continue to give. One of the big things with me is the Bible talks about that we are to be, lately, this is a big thing, uh, walking in the Spirit. And I so much would like that to be how I live, just walking sensitive to the Spirit, seeing Him all the time. But, uh, you know, Chris is going to teach on the Holy Spirit when we do our little session there. I sent him a book this week that's called The Forgotten God. And I thought, what a great name for the Holy Spirit because how often I just forget about that again. I forget that I want to be walking in Him and seeking Him and I'm being guided by Him. By the way, uh, that's why I need to be in the Word of God too so that I understand because He's never going to lead me apart from the Word of God. I want, to, I want to be in that. But I want that life. I want that strong devotional life. And how many times have I committed to it and fallen away? Can I encourage you? Okay, I started when I was a teenager. Okay, had some ups and downs through teenage years, through college, through early 20s, through 30s. It took a long time to get where it's actually become a steady part of my life. And can I be quite honest with you? I still mess up on some days. 
let's just stay with it. Let's jump in again because I think our adversary, that, that spiritual enemy that we have, does, loves to tell us. Yeah, yeah. so I know, you're going to do better this time, right? Yeah, you're going to do better. We've heard that one before. I really don't believe it. So I want to encourage you with everything that I can encourage you with today to fire it up again. Give it, give it another shot. And the other thing I want to mention is if, if my language is somewhat foreign to you when I talk about this new life in Christ today, then I, I feel like, hey, man, I'd love to take you back to the beginning of 1 Peter. I'd love to take you to that fir, uh, first verse that we actually read today. It just talks about the idea that this place is not about, hey, this is where you learn to try harder. This is where you learn to clean up your act so that you're acceptable to God. That's not what we're about at all. This place is about a God who so loved us that he sent his only son and said, whosoever believes in him, they'll turn from their sin and trust in him for forgiveness of sin, will not perish but ever have everlasting life. And it is about that new life inside of us. And what we do here together as we look at the word of God is we learn what, how exciting, how thrilling that new life could be. We're going to sing again, I Speak Jesus. So uh, the team's going to make their way back up or we're going to sing part of that song just so we leave with a song in our, in our minds and in our, in our hearts. But... As we do that, can I encourage you at the same time, maybe as you're singing or maybe if you just want to stand there and bow and eyes closed, I, I want to ask you to do this. Father, why did you want me to come here today? You know, what, what is it? I, I admit, this is not, you know, I told you, I, you know, I first, first looked at this passage and I thought, hey, where's the sermon in here? You know, what, what, where's it going to come from? But the more I looked at it, again, I just felt like uh, God would not have me to ignore this passage but to remind us once again of our need to be anchored in him, to sanctify the Lord in our hearts because it's a tough road we're on. It really is. If persecution isn't here now, it'll come. If hard times aren't here now, you're in a minority. Okay, so how much I need to be anchored in my faith, realizing that this battle's going on and realizing that I don't want to be on the losing side. I want to be on the side where everything bows in authority to him. Okay, and when I do that, when I, when I realize that, see, I, I recognize that my purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. If I'm going down a different road, I'm never going to find that peace. I'm never going to find that happiness. So what is it that God's Holy Spirit has brought you here today? As we sing, I encourage you to ask the Lord that question. If You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.